Welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. We are back with you today, talking about new metal as we always do as we work episode by episode, putting together a new metal canon, not just for you, but for all of us. And uh, today we're talking about a band that has been recommended to us. People said, hey, why don't you you respect some some elders, some elders that you have not even had their name past your lips, Downset, and their album, Do We Speak a Dead Language. We're going to talk all about these boys in this record, Believe You Me. But before we get into that, we have got to talk about who's tweeting. Who's tweeting? Who is? More importantly, who is sliding into the DMs? Who's sliding up in? Uh, well, it's it's Rob Adams. And Rob wrote us to let us know that Stabbing Westward signed a new record deal. And they're going to have another album. They're bringing another album to us. I am so hyped about this. Stabbing Westward, not new metal, but a favorite of mine. And let me tell you, this this was exciting to see because I was like, cool. Give me new, give me new stabbing. Give me new Westward. Give me the boys. They saw them at the machine shop. They were tremendous. But then on top of that, they will be working with producer John Fryer, previously produced their first two albums, Ungod and Wither, Blister, Burn, and Peel. Incredible. Cannot wait. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. You made Lauren's day. Also, we got to talk about who's emailing. Who's emailing? Who is? And we got an email from Sanak who said, subject, Indian new metal. He said, hi, guys. I would like to suggest y'all some new metal from my side of the planet, India. New metal bands over here hardly get any exposure, but we have a few cool bands over here as well. Here are a few that you guys might like to check out. Scribe who he describes as new metal and post-hardcore, and their album, Mark of Teja, which came out in 2010. And the second band is called Joint Family, and their album, Juggernaut, he's not too sure about the album, uh, about the year on that one, 2007, he believes. He says, hope you guys enjoy. Bye. I have found... Oh, what'd you find? I have found some scribe. Okay. So please forgive me um, that I... I'm not an Indian speaker, but um, I think this is dumb high to Aj Ah. So this is Scribe. All performers in this video are self-taught DIY artists. Don't try this at home. Let me go back, make because there could be multiple scribes. <laughs> okay, and all right. I, I actually see Mark of Teja. So okay, all right, because bands change. Bands. bands change. Bands work through things. They work things out. They're saying, "Hey, let's try something else." <laughs> you know what bands do? <laughs> yeah, they go, "Hey, they try things." Let's.
get vocals? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think I am. I think these guys, they're, they're too locked into the rock. I liked it. Sounded that was good. Cool. You don't, that was good. You get yes. what you need. You don't get what you want, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's so true, Jenny. Huh. Uh, all right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Sanak. That, uh, we, will, we will definitely dig more into Scribe, the correct Scribe. The correct <laughs> album from Scribe. Yes. Hey. I, I bet both albums are great. <laughs> um, <laughs> we got well, another. Oh, go ahead, Matt. No, well, the first one gave me a real system of a down vibe. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. It yeah. was whimsical. I enjoyed it. It was whimsical, definitely. That second one, though, much that more. Had, uh, there was a, li- a bit more of a sense of ripper going on with that one, but still very technical. All right. Uh, we also got an email from Jamal Christmas who says, you guys can call me Xmas. And we will. Uh, our recommendation is Year of the Spider by Cold. Wow. So I went and looked at the old breakdown of apps. We have not done a Cold app since 2018. Whoa. Wow. And in that time... Two years have passed. A pandemic has happened. And Jenny, your marriage was blessed by Scooter. It sure was. And thanks again, Scoot. Some people may be saying it might be time. I mean, for one, this year is crazy. It might as well be the year of the spider. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm caught in a web, baby. Could be. (laughs) There he is. Uh, all right well yeah yeah, matt go ahead hey man sometimes i feel like i'm caught up in them spider webs speaking of such here's no doubt with their big hit spider listen you can you can take me off the radio but i still got those moves i still got those moves i'll 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 talk right up to them vocals i got it hit them posts I'll, i'll post it i'll post it up uh all right well there you know what uh we'll um we'll can we'll think about it jenny is remaining non-committal and that is totally fine look but we've heard your push we'll do oh, it oh jenny we'll do it oh. eventually oh, okay I all mean, right i don't control the whole world uh so you know all right well we also we mentioned this last week we're going to keep mentioning it we got a great email from andrew wolf of new recommendations, uh, a long list of bands to check out. So we're just gonna we're gonna check these out little by little. Uh, this week, why don't we check out a band called Jinx, J Y N X, and the song that was recommended is called Clipped, C L I P P E D. If anybody else needs anything spelled, just let me know. <laughs> Wow. Pretty good at spelling. You seem to be killing it. All <laughs> Thank right. You. Here is Jinx with Clipped. What is happening? I don't know. Uh oh. Oh. 
Fucking spin. (laughs) Jesus. I liked it. I liked it. I'll say that. Let me tell you, this video's got everything. Oh, Matt. Oh, tell us about it. It's got bright white backgrounds. It's got everybody wearing black clothing. It's got honeys. It's got headbangings. Ah. Man, oh man. Oh, it's got that green light from the 90s that made everything look super dirty. Yeah, this is a this is a directed by Fred Durst type video. Of a concert right. of a concert video. Oh, okay. Well, Jinx, you have our attention and we may owe you a coke. Buddy, are we going to have to put this on the long list? I think Jenny, I I think I think we got to put this on the long list, right? I would agree, yes. There we go. Jinx, you're on the long list. All right. Oh, man. I'm loving these Roach roach commendations. I'm loving it. Thank you. Well, we're going to revisit this list. I think we're going to revisit this list next week. See what else this, what other gifts it might have. Jenny, Matt, we did an episode right before the pandemic hit all about Deftone Self-Titled. Oh, that's right. Yes, we sure did. And we got some feedback. Uh, we did. The New Metal Advisory Board says this one was always my favorite album early on. Hexagram is a classic. I'm a little surprised it didn't make it into the canon. I can't wait till you get to Diamond Eyes. That album is an absolute banger. It's definitely their heaviest and darkest album. Gareth Davies says, I was hanging out with my four-year-old while listening to this one and had a moment where she was singing. Then you guys started playing the exact song she was singing. It wasn't until I replayed that whole bit that I realized she'd heard Matt very briefly say, skin of a rink, and that was enough to start her on the song before Matt could pull it up. (laughs) It also made me realize she can simultaneously be holding a conversation with me, patting a cat, and apparently hearing every word of a podcast. So I should maybe exercise caution in case she starts talking about sex playlists or throwing ropes. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, no. Anyway, cool app. You guys definitely had fun with this one. Thank you, Gareth. And um, (laughs) Sorry for any damage we've done to your daughter. (laughs) So sorry. She'll be all right. Uh, Mike Hoverlook says, I remember when they announced this album, they did a super short mini tour to play some of the songs before release in small clubs. Seeing them at the 1,000-ish capacity at Odeon at the height of their power was incredible. One of the only reasons ever to visit Cleveland. No opener, no frills, just nearly two hours and two encores of straight Chino and the gang. He sent us the set list. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Topanga Lee says, awesome episode. Yeah, it's a ripper. Next time anyone is in Chicago, check out our tribute band, White Pony, Deftones Tribute. They are the best. And certainly, once this pandemic is over, we definitely got to visit Chi-Town. Check out these boys. Got to get the fuck out of (laughs) here. Yeah. It would be good to go somewhere. Good I my soul. will agree. <laughs> hey, yeah. I'd like to see. I didn't realize that I was. Yeah, I didn't realize I was going to have that visceral of a response with the idea of just going to Chicago, a city I've been dozens of times. But I was like, I can't fucking wait to go there. 
Hey, Chicago's great city, great food, great entertainment. Oh, it's the best. My grandpa it. lives there too. So if you want to hang out with my grandpa, Chicago's where you got to go. All uh, right. All right. Tony Swish says a classic album, Minerva, is one of the best Deftone songs ever made. This album was released during my peak of their fandom. I remember in Detroit they did a show that was with Thrice and Thursday at the State Theater. After the show was a club night thing where the label I was working for debuted the new King Gordy video. Chino was walking around hitting on all the chicks. It was pretty awesome. The St. Andrews show they did around this time the album came out was legendary too. They even played like Linus and Teething. So pretty cool. If you're at a show and they do teething, you know you're somewhere special. Damn. Thank you, Tony. And, oh, uh, man, I'm, based on this comment, I'm going to blow this. I know it. Uh, Jenny, do you want to just say Chris's name so I don't screw this up? Uh, thank you for your faith in me. Uh, Chris yeah. Vasconcelos, I think. Uh, I never gave this album a chance because it's not as heavy, but damn, it's good. And he says, I have never heard my last name said correctly ever. Thank you for that. Well, I hope I didn't fuck it up this time, Chris. I'm going to keep trying because I think we've got a long established uh, everything that I can't remember shit from week to week. And we do our best with pronunciations. But as we have to admit, sometimes we're not their family. That sometimes is true. We're not their family. Yeah. But we're not their family. It's still very worth making every effort we can. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for writing in, uh, emailing, DMing. Keep on sending that in, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Leave a comment. Give us a like over on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know what? And, uh, you know, make sure, you know, we got incredible feedback all the time. But uh, make sure you're sharing the show, letting everybody know that you're rocking the roach and, uh, you know, letting everybody know what we're doing over here on this old pod. And uh, now it is time to talk about the album of the week, Downset. Do we speak a dead language? Jenny, when did this album come out? This album was released on September 9th, 1996. I believe that would still be in getting the party started. Okay. So very early on. We haven't done an early record like this uh, in a while. In a while. Jenny, we'll start with you. Any history with Downset? Um, no, I don't think so. Looking at this album cover, it looks familiar to me, um, but I'm not sure why. Um, so I don't know. It's possible that someone I know will say, oh, yeah, love this band. I I wonder almost, I used to, uh, I used to live with, and I am friends with, Ben Rayski, who writes into us sometimes. I'm wondering if, like, maybe he had this record or something. It looks familiar to me. So, I don't know. That's it. There's a vague, creeping feeling that I may have been aware of. Downset, but that's all. How about you, Lauren? I have uh, no familiarity with this band. This was uh, brand new to me. Uh, I At first, I thought maybe the font was familiar, but the font is, I think, just a font that is often used in various typesettings all over the place so yeah this was a completely new listen to me i did not recognize any of these songs on my listens so uh yeah completely new matt definitely seen the album covers almost my whole adult life i think i always think they're a victory 
band, but I don't think they are. Were they You're on not vi- far off. You're were not they, far off. Were they on Victory? They were on Epitaph eventually. Okay. Maybe that's the connection. But um, yeah, I mean, I absolutely have seen this. I don't know why I run a couple bands together, like Downset in my brain, even though it possibly and very probably is not even close to correct. I always put like Snapcase and Downset together in my brain, and I don't think they're even close. But it's just because there were two bands I never listened to. That's fair. All right, so we're all coming in pretty new to Downset. Jenny, who is in Downset on this album? On this album, uh, we've got Ray Oropeza on, or I'm sorry, Oropeza on vocals, uh, Brian Aris Schwager on guitar, James Morris on bass guitar, and Christopher Crasp Lee on drums. Yeah, just in my liner notes, it just says Chris. Yes. So uh, Chris Lee was the drummer from 92 to 99, 2001 to 2005, and in 2013. And then Chris Hamilton is on drums from 99 to 2001 and then 2014 to present. So we got some a series of Chris's playing drums. If you want to play drums in downset, you better be a Chris. You better be a Chris producer on this record do we know because <laughs> i'm realizing it's not clearly written on the back of the cd i am not sure who produces. oh i have it oh. i have it oh. i have it produced by roy z classic so. roy z classic roy classic. z i mean classic roy z, roy z he's doing it we all know it it's a Roy Z world, and we're just living in it. Just uh, living in it. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Uh, I have a physical copy of the album. I picked it up from Half Price Books Outlet for a sweet $2.00. That's a very good price. Incredible. Once again, Half Price Books. Thank you. Album cover here. We've got, I believe this, is, this might be some uh, biblical scripture ripped out of uh what maybe have ripped out of some old looks like old um old paper yeah why i can't think of the word i'll be the judge of that it looks like parchment yes that's what i'm thinking of it it looks like they're dead languages right indeed i don't recognize any of these languages from my day-to-day life (laughs) might as well be Uh, cuneiform yeah might as well be we have some pictures of the band in here everybody looking you know what? Very low key. They they these could just be some guys walking down the street. You wouldn't even know that they are ripping up and downset once they get to the rehearsal space. Once they get to the club, get them on the stage, get a mic, get some guitars, a bass, drumsticks. These guys, perhaps a force to be reckoned with. We'll find out. Um. Yeah, I mean, this CD has the appropriate level of um. It, it I mean, for '96, it feels like that. It, it feels like the end of the early punkish um, hardcore era. We're we're certainly post the first Corn record, but we're not quite to that late '90s slickness that we think about. 
And uh, yeah, Jenny, as you said, they were at one point on Epitaph. This record was put out. Uh, this is on Mercury Records. There we this go. This is their second record to come out. Uh, so this band had been around for a while. They're from Los Angeles. They'd been around since 1986. Before they were downset, they were known as Social Justice. That was their name. They were a hardcore punk band. Um, and then they changed their name to Downset, uh, and I think 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then they released a demo in 93 called Our Suffocation, and uh, this is their second full-length record. This is their most uh, commercially successful record as well. Um, they did some touring with Biohazard and Dog Eat Dog, Pantera, and The Almighty. So... You know, they did a, a great job. They were on Mercury. Uh, there was like a whole merger with Universal that happened. It was very messy and annoying. They stopped being on Mercury and then they went over to Epitaph. That's the journey. That's the that journey. Is, that is the journey. <laughs> uh, at one point, they played second stage at OzFest in 1997 and they toured with Linkin Park, Slayer, Metallica, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Corn, Snoop Dogg, Testament, and Anthrax. Based on that lineup of bands and artists, you go to Downset, be like, um, so listen, we got a show. Yep, we're on. We're going on stage right now. Well, no, do you want to know who you're opening for? Don't doesn't matter. Put us up in front of that crowd. We're ready. We're ready. Doesn't matter. Snoop Dogg crowd, we're ready. Anthrax crowd, we're ready. Let's do it. Yeah, these guys. They don't these care. These guys like we'll they do don't it. care. They're like, hey, um, can you open up for Kelly Clarkson? Sure. Yeah, let's get we the amps. Get, get the amps since out. Since you've been gone, we're ready. <laughs> I'm tickled so much. Lauren, uh, I have to tell you right now. Yes. Maddie done goofed. I pulled uh, up the official new metal timeline, which I've not looked at in a good old long time. It's long, okay. Long time listeners know, but new listeners may not know that we call the period of new metal's popularity a party we begin in 1994 with the release of corn's <laughs> eponymous corn uh and we go to january 1st 1996 which we call pre-gaming and then where this record falls is between january 1st 1996 and january 1st 1997 which we call setting up the party January 1st, 1997 to June 22nd is getting the party started. And then uh, one significant other drops on June 22nd, 1999 to when the towers fall on September 11th. Uh, That is the thick of it. Then it's the come down after that. All right. Okay. Well, always good to revisit the timeline. Always good. I always feel like that's like remembering our roots. Where did we come from? That's where we came from coming mm-hmm. up with that timeline uh oh jenny we got some uh, genre tags for these boys don't we we do so um the album itself does not have its uh own wikipedia page but the band does and the genres on the band page are rap metal funk metal alternative metal rap rock and hardcore punk um, over at All Music, there is a page dedicated to the album, and the styles listed there are alternative metal, heavy metal, rap metal, alternative indie rock, punk revival, and alternative pop rock, 
And if you're wondering about some album moods, because fuck it, why not? According to all music, we get aggressive, lively, nervous and jittery, belligerent, negative, and strong. <laughs> uh, strong really tickles me, and I'm so glad it's listed. All right. Well, I think we've run through everything we need to know about these bad boys. I think it's time to dive into this record. Yes. So uh, the first track we have is an intro, and that goes right into track two, which is called Empower. Now, I've played this intro before, and I'm playing it right now. It's real quiet. Oh, here we go. Downset, I see you. I see you. Matt, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on Empower? Guys, coming off of the intro, kind of making a political statement of sorts by letting uh, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, take the helm. Always a good sign to know what you're getting into. And then we get into Empower. Um, could activate a pit. Seems like pretty much hot open i think they're getting the damn thing done um i can't believe this is 1996 i now understand why people are kind of pushing us towards this album don't know what's going to come next but this one definitely feels like that that step away from rage towards a heavier sound not that rage isn't heavy but towards the traditional new metal styling that we're these years are accustomed to now. Yeah, I got the same vibe with that. It definitely did feel very transitional. We're not quite into Limp Biscuit era, uh, but we're not um, we're not in 1993 anymore. Uh, we're not in yeah strictly that Rage Against the Machine era. I was surprised while looking at the lyrics to see how literally empowering they are 
You know, don't give up. You can't slip. I mean, our life has true meaning and value of now. Our only hope today lies in our ability to lift ourselves from this ever-rising hell. Take your life back. Give my give me life to live. Did not expect that. So, yeah, very upbeat, aggressive, but positive opener. Jenny, thoughts on Empower? Uh, I liked Empower quite a bit. I was definitely surprised to hear Martin Luther King Jr. at the very top of this. That is not what I would have expected. Um, in case you're wondering which speech that was, it's how long, not long. It's a speech delivered after uh, Selma. So pretty popular. <laughs> You've probably heard of it. Um, but yeah, so that was, I felt like that kind of set a tone. Uh, I really liked Empower. Um I definitely see what you mean about it being transitional. It does seem like it's right in that sort of like nebulous middle zone of just like kind of hardcore. And when you get into more of that, like funk metal type vibe. Uh, So I liked it. It's cool. It just sounded like a fun throwback and I, I enjoyed it. I liked its positivity. I was like, okay, sweet. That's a good vibe. Uh, so I was I was into it. I thought it was a pretty hot open. All right. Well, then let's keep it going. All right. Up next, we've got Eyes Shut Tight. bunch of people running around with their eyes shut tight sound familiar sheeple i I was thinking are they sheeple or are they sleeple oh wow this is like uh this is definitely a, a wake up spiritually sheeple song um yeah i I really liked this song a lot. I mean, I don't know. I think I just really enjoy the vibe of this band. Like, this is right right up my alley. So I was with it the whole time. Um, it seems that this song is basically saying that, you know, the world is going to the devil and everybody's desecrating their temples. They've got their eyes shut tight to, like, deep down in their souls knowing what they need to do and knowing what's right. Um, I thought it was really interesting that the top of the song specifically calls out that they don't listen to G'd up rap 
and it's mm. strictly KRS, Public Enemy, Bob Marley. So it's like, I don't know, that idea of, I guess I'm basing this on like some of like the whole overall tone of the album, but it does definitely seem like there's, this album's very opinionated about the right way to have a movement and the right way to advocate for your rights or perform a culture. I'll say that it seems pretty opinionated. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but in terms of like the song itself, it was, I liked it. And the eyes shut tight thing was a very wake up sheeple or sleeple moment, which, which I was into. What did you all think? It really struck me listening to this one. I was like, if these guys are a papa to anybody, they're POD papa. I was thinking the same thing. For sure. I got got a lot of POD vibes from this one. And it was also interesting how the guitars have this sort of like initial sort of lockstep, real tight sound. And then they just drop it away into like a funky groove. And it's it's sort of like, "Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not we're not uptight. We're here to just rock it out in a loose kind of way, uh, but lyrically, yeah. And Jenny was right. I mean, they, I mean, they bring up a lot in in that first verse. I mean, we're talking. I mean, I'll just read some of these uh, lyrics. Gog and Magog, triple six reigns over spirits lost. What a line! <laughs> Somebody getting out there, getting out their Bible, going, okay, hold on, let me. Let me dig up Gog and Magog. What? I know this is reference to something. What is Gog and Magog? I know it's a biblical reference because there was a comic book that I believe came out also around 1996 called Kingdom Come, in which the bad guy's name was, I believe, Magog. And when I read interviews with the writer, he was like, "It's a, it's a biblical reference." And then that's as far as I went with it. So I believe Gog and Magog. There is some tie-in. Matt, correct me if I'm <laughs> wrong. Our you Bible scholar Matt. Bible scholar Matt. Gog and Magog is from the Old Testament. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I don't remember the story right now, but I'm sure that I can pull it out for you shortly. We just Thank appreciate you, you being ready to go with biblical knowledge. <laughs> I just, as soon as something like that comes, I just stare in the camera right at you. I'm like, Matt, just, I don't know. For everyone at home who wants to know what it's like whenever we put Matt on the spot for anything uh, religious or biblical, it's like the scene in Godfather 3 when he's like, I try to get out and they pull me back in. That is exactly what Matt looks like as we pull him in. Every single time, baby. Every single time. <laughs> I think we're ready for the next one. All right. Up next, we've got Keep On Breathing.
like that bass run. You can kind of think of Gog and Magog as the bringer of destruction. Um, in an Old Testament reference, it would be the the uh, the people and the land they're from that will destroy the Israelites. And there's a reference in Revelations, which is the last book of the Bible, um, where the the land and the people will join with Satan to bring around the end. That's terribly paraphrased, and I am not a Bible scholar, but there you go. Just think about the bringer of destruction, and you're safe. There you have it. There you have it. Keep on breathing. Listen, you got to keep on breathing. It's it's, get you through the day. I got a very Rage Against the Machine vibe on this one. Uh, I thought the chorus could have been a little bigger for me uh, personally, but that seems very attuned with how these guys roll. They're not looking to be flashy. They're not looking to be pop. They're looking to make you wake the fuck up. So on that part, it probably succeeded. Um, And I also found a bit of a straight edge message in this song. Jenny, thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Definitely. (sighs) Who who am I to be against the vibe of like empowering yourself and and not not fucking your life up and not fucking yourself up? I'm into that. But yeah, this definitely gave me a little bit of a rage vibe. I read some reviews of this album specifically. There was an AV Club uh, review of this album, which I thought was like really weird. I don't know if you read that, Lauren, but no, I didn't see this. No, it it pretty much trashed this album and was saying that like, yeah, we get it. Like rage against the machine did it. Like we don't really need you to redo this for us. So, um, I guess maybe this might be one of the songs that they were, uh, reacting to, but I mean, I was good with it. I liked it. It, there it wasn't really a standout to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all right. Yeah, I like the uh, the line in there where he lists off. Um, he says, "You can call me a punk, but I ain't giving up. Solid, given my life to see, whatever the cost may be. Juice, coke, yeska, heroin, doses, making fools snap. Now I gotta live around that. Really, just putting you on blast. If you are indulging in any of that, I assume when he says juice." He means either alcohol or, it's 1996, Ecto Cooler. Only two options. Oh, bro, are you on that juice? Wow. Are you on that Ecto? Are you on that Ecto? You burning up that Ecto? (laughs) Yeah, Ecto Cooler. I'm real Slimer right now. (laughs) I'm so Ecto, you can call me Slimer. Love it. Oh, man. There you go. Sadly, no no real comments on songmeanings.com. I think everybody said you read these lyrics, you you know we're not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's pretty true. Uh, all right, we ready to keep going? Let's do it. All right, cool. Up next, we've got hurl a stone.
have that cool helmet uh, biohazard, just another victim vibe from Judgment Night. Matt, this song is all about judgment because you're going to cast your judgment? Go ahead, hurl a stone. But as the lyric says, does criticism crush or heal the heads that we oppose? Because the brothers we see living are the ones we should love the most. By tearing down another living soul, we cannot build. Arrogance is of no value. And what will it fulfill? Whenever you point a finger, remember there's three pointing back at you. It's true. It's very true. It's very true. I'm going to say at the top of this song... Uh, they're not wrong. When I was listening to this, I was like, all right, all are guilty of judgment and seeing only what we want to see. And the dangers of false pedestals is elusive self-moral supremacy. I mean... Dunning-Kruger. Is anybody else alive in the world right now? (laughs) We should have listened to Downset. We fucked fucked up. We We fucked up. up. Oh, man. I mean, now this I mean, this uh, this album title is even making more sense. They're saying this. They're like, is anyone listening? Are we speaking a dead language over here? Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, hi, hi. Uh, boy, oh boy. What do you think of this song <laughs> as a song? You know, as a song, it was all right. I mean, it, this is one of those things, though, where I think. I think the reason a band like Downset's going to hang out in the margins and a band like Rage Against the Machine is going to still be doing something similar, but in the mainstream, big time, forever talk about them, my mother knows who they are situation, is that there seemed to be an equal dichotomy of, of okay, we're going to have our message and that will not remain that will remain unfiltered but we still are going to have this focus on big riffs and big hooks and these guys seem less interested in that aspect of things and i don't even necessarily think it's a chop situation it seems like an aesthetic choice which i can't blame them for the music is, is the message the music is the message i mean there is though this sense like if you've got in 1996, you've got a copy of this and a copy of Evil Empire. I can see why one hooks more, more than the other. But as at the same time, though, as they said, this was the most commercially successful album of theirs. So I'm sure this some people were just like, Rage Against the Machines only got two records, but I want more of this type of thing. This could certainly whet your appetite. And in a strange way, I mean, I know that we're listening to this more in a canon sense, but kind of from a Papa sense, these guys are planting a lot of the right seeds so far. Like, although they lack some of the hooks that you could hear in an evil empire, they're definitely getting into that groove aspect. How they're entwining hip hop into the music is a little bit different than Rage. So, like, it's it's cool what they're doing. For ni- I wouldn't have pegged this at 1996. How about that? 
Yeah, I didn't actually know it was 1996 until like my third listen when I was doing my re- my notes and everything. And I was like, oh, I would have pegged this 94 or 93. Wow. Well, we got, did you mean that you would peg it later, Matt? I probably would have pegged it a little bit later, but then some of the rhyme schemes are a little bit old. They don't feel as influenced by Dre and Snoop. You know what I mean? Like and Biggie and some of the bigger artists of that time. This still feels a little bit more like it's not as bad as like, my name is Matt. I've got something to say. I think hate's bad in a major way, but it's not. You can hear the mechanisms of hip hop working. Well, as he says, he, they don't listen to anything like that. They only listen to KRS one. And Public Enemy. Forever. Which, which are, you know, their their style and, yeah, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, that is very different. Very different. And I say that speaking as a hip-hop aficionado. I mean, you're a real old-school hip-hop head. Oh, Listen, boy. you guys, uh, <laughs> if we want to, if we can just get some cardboard down so I can just do some quick spinning on my back <laughs> because, you know... When you want to see some great breakdancing, you say, get me a guy who's wow. at least six five. I'm feeling a little blinded by your knowledge right now, Lauren. Maybe oh, we I should mean, keep listening to the record. Really just putting it on display. Now that's uh, a guy who knows his stuff. Uh, He's man. a real B-boy, that Lauren. <laughs> that's oh, that's what they all say about Lauren. That's what they say. The real B-boy, that one. Uh, all right. Up next, uh, we've got a song called Fire. That is an intense brew going on there, my friends. Let me tell you, a downset pit. I wouldn't came go to near play. It. I wouldn't go near it. All right, I'm just a b boy. I can't be going near nowhere. <laughs> Where's pit. my cardboard at? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm, it's gonna it's gonna wreck my Kangle hat. Lauren is just spinning around on cardboard somewhere. I mean, like I like rap. I can't live without my radio. Oh. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> Lauren's hard I to take to hard to take out into the world. <laughs> Listen, you guys, I don't need a pit. I just need love. Uh, well, this song seems to be about people who talk shit but don't back it up in the sense of fighting injustice and inequality, as far as I can tell. Uh, I'm not sure what you took from it. I will say lyrically, lyrically, <laughs> lyrically, like I, I agree. It's a little bit, it can be a little bit like on the edge of that 
corniness in terms of like rhyme scheme but like these lyrics have a very clear point of view i don't actually think they're corny at all i mean some of them eventually yes but like i think that like this band has a perspective a point of view they stick to it they get to the point i think they might be this might be one of the lyrically better records we've done okay this opening line is one hell of an opening line. It's immoral to encourage others to accept injustice you do not endure. Such superficial optimism, a deepness not so pure. This guy go. hey, do you, do you got any lyrics? Do you got any lyrics for this song, Ray? Do you got any yeah. lyrics written down? I got a shit ton of lyrics for this. <laughs> oh, my Lord. This... Just I mean, this is another situation though where it's like you could see someone coming in going, um, could we streamline this a little bit? That's seems a little too verbose? a little too much. The verbose, yeah, but boy oh boy, it is it's something. You are you're getting an education at downset, you know? I mean the fact I noticed that on their front on the front cover here that it says downset and then after that it has a period. Almost as if they're saying like like a finality to it. We're not just downset. We're downset. I mean, end of story. Yeah, I guess like some context too. So, Ray, his father was killed by the LAPD, and at this time, this was like after the riots. But this is still Daryl Gates is still the chief of police in LA at this time. And he is fucked. Like, he is on record saying that he thinks that, like, maybe more, like, black people die with, like, the chokeholds because, like, their their veins don't work the same as normal people. Holy shit. <laughs> so, Jesus. like, this, so they're, they're from L.A. They're there during these times. This dude's dad was fucking killed by the cops. Like, it's, that's why I think these lyrics are just, like, this is our point of view. This is like, it's also just like, this is their lived experience and their continued lived experience. So like, I guess if that, that once I read that and then I went through and I listened to these again and I had just been reading a whole bunch about Daryl Gates and the dare program. (laughs) So if you want to know anything about that, let me know. But it's just like very, very fucked. And it's kind of like, it's, I think it's like really, uh, I, I wouldn't wish any of this experience on anyone, but it's sort of nice to listen to like a record where the band has something to say that they come by honestly. And like, it's not just like a bunch of like whiny bullshit. And there's, a, there's some of it that yeah. I'm like, especially later, there's some of it that I'm just like, whoa, okay, whoa, boy. But, I mean, it's like, it's refreshing to me, at least. I completely get what you're saying, because whenever you hear somebody that's clearly from the suburbs waxing about inequality, it's like, you might be right, but uh, there is a lived experience that you don't have that it seems that these guys are definitely bringing to the table. I definitely think so. I definitely agree with that. It's uh it's a, it's a I wrote in my notes, uh it's a ripper. 
This is a ripper. This is probably my favorite song on the record so far. I was going to say, like, it. this song rips. I'm. If it was a single, I'm not surprised. I would not be surprised if it's still on their set list today. How do you not play fire? You're at down set. How do you not play fire? I don't think you open with it, but I definitely think you put it in at some point when you're like, you know what? Let's kill this crowd for a second. <laughs> All right. Let's keep it going. All right. Up next, we've got Against the Spirits. Nope. Nope. Next we got is touch. touch. That's on me. Up next, we got Touch. Go to 235. You got it, buddy. 235. I fucking love that. Love that is was not the, weakness. The, that was quite something to hear on my first listen. I was like, whoa, what's this song about? <laughs> Let me get some lyrics in front of me. Uh, this thing is, the touch is the embrace of love. And I wrote, wow, this is really something else. Um, I mean, at the end, he goes out, he goes, love is power, love is truth, love is endless. And there is a definite religious like god's love vibe to this but it also feels more like a like a self-acceptance self-love like you can't go around like and it seemed almost like a, a message to the scene where everybody's walking around and being hard and it's like but they're almost saying like that's no way to live once again a very surprising thing to find in here and uh, not something we normally encounter on these albums jenny thoughts on touch i think you pretty much covered it um this song definitely the bass lines like the we kind of like broke down into some like more like lurky prowlerish like bass bass stuff <laughs> i'm a really good musician uh <laughs> 
But there was a lot of this that kind of gave me that like hardcore punk. And I, I having not heard earlier downset, I wonder if that was more the vibe like earlier in this song. Uh, it's, I don't know. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I really dug that. Um, yeah, I was about to come in with a little prowler and then they decided to drop a hardcore song on me. And uh, I was living for it. I really liked that. And thanks for making me go to uh, Love Is Not Weakness, because uh, a lot of people need to hear that. Hey. Yeah. Once again, it's it's on us for not listening to Downset. This album's been around since 1996. It was there the Fucking whole time. Fucking waiting. <laughs> yeah. What? Once again, what is Downset saying? Hello? Are we speaking a dead language over here? <laughs> that's them. That's that's what they're saying. Am I speaking a dead language over hey, here? Am I speaking yeah. a dead language? Anyone's listening? Hey, yeah, put all... some love in your heart. Eh? Yeah, it's all sitting on recliners around a big living room, just yelling into the void. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's their that's their show now. They're still around. So oh, that's, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Up next, we have Against the Spirits. Oh, of course. they just go straight into a hardcore song yeah i'm there for it i'm liking it this feels very much akin to also some max cavalera stuff like i i I maybe more lyrically but i just felt like a real like you could just trace a line from this to roots and a lot of what Max was doing there, except Max is bringing more of the the tribal vibe and the Canyon Jam vibe to his stuff. But there definitely seemed to be a similarity. Also, just um, this song being about how the world is not embracing the God, spirituality, and the spirits. It's not there for it. He talks about how self-exaltation is the opiate of the masses. And I was like, my God, once again, downset. Anti the selfie before the selfie even existed. How about that? We speaking a dead language over here. Hey, we speaking a dead language over here. We speaking a dead language over here. Yeah. I imagine somebody (laughs) just just making soup in the other room, like, God. (sighs) <sighs> I don't know. I have a very like 
grim picture in my mind of these people who are screaming about this stuff, which I'm sure is not true. I'm sure they're lovely, lovely, uh, lovely enraged men. Um, is anybody listening? Uh, all right. We ready for the next track? Well, Jen, Jenny, what did you think of Against the Spirits? Oh, I loved it. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a ripper. It was great. And you know, they're not wrong. They're not wrong. Uh, there it is. All right. Up next, we've got sickness. Say come kill us. Say come kill us. Say come kill us. Say come kill us. You know it is sickness. You can't deny it. This thing right here, this is where the album started to dip a little bit more. Like we were looking back, but now we're looking forward because this thing, I'm hearing a ton of stuff in here. I'm hearing Papa Roach. I'm hearing Limp Biscuit. I'm hearing a little bit of Stained. I am hearing a lot of the sprouts coming up. New Metal Sprouts, you know, all from this song i feel like you could do a one-to-one almost for this song in last resort i agree Seems very close yeah that was my first thought and i was like ah downside how dare you what's going on here <laughs> don't scare me like that um and also do you do you know what the sickness of this song is greed there it is well wow. there it is um, but I thought there was some cool guitar and I enjoyed this one. Jenny, thoughts on sickness? Uh coming off that fire touch against the spirits like run, I wasn't quite as into sickness. Um, but thinking of it canon wise and papa wise, I definitely see like why somebody would have recommended this record to us like i really was like this sounds like last resort uh so you know maybe not my fave but probably the most relevant to the podcast so far Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean plus with a lyric like poverty is the worst form of violence once again downset they're here the whole time they're paying attention you just need to wake up wake up sheeple Wake up, sleeple. We're over here. We speak in a dead language. Hello? 
Listen I'm up. I'm a dead language over here. Hello. Get up. Get up. Person, we're making breakfast. The person making soup is just building a brick wall very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> One brick at a time. Just slowly getting the trowel out. Yep. Ah, uh, yes. Slapping right, on I'm... their overalls one strap at a time. <laughs> Trying to make sure that the soup doesn't like boil over. No, they're simmering. It's been simmering for a while. It's an all day. It's an all day sauce. It's in a soup. stock pot. A nice stainless yeah. steel stock pot. I've got a clear picture in my brain. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm ready for this next one. My favorite song title on the album. All right, here we go. Pocket full of fat caps. Go to 125. Sure. I just wanted to point out that we got some chug on here. That's some hardcore chug. We got some chugs. So yeah, the second half of this record is when we start to yeah, just start to get a little little more seedlings, planting the seeds for the new metal to come. And uh I think this is the best chorus in the album, but that's cuz it's just so fun and bouncy and you get to say pocket full of fat caps, you know? If so you I'm guys a, you guys oh, big yeah. into tagging? Oh, Matt, tag I'm heads. A, I'm a b-boy, all right? Oh. If I'm not spinning on my back with my Kangol hat, I got my cans out, all right? <laughs> just, yeah. And I'm just tagging everywhere, all right? You might know my tags. It just looks like a bunch of sticks. <laughs> it's a bunch of sticks, all right? But that's my that's my tag, and and I'm around, all right? I'm around. I'm, I'm left a mark. If you see something that looks like a bunch of sticks, that's Lauren's tag. That's, all right? Lauren's that's my tag, tag, all right? And listen... I am aware that the Blair Witch has stolen my tags, yeah. but they, I started it, all right? So if you see the symbol, it's more likely than it's me, not the Blair Witch, to kill you, all right? It's kind of ruined my rep a little bit, but I just want to say I'm out there tagging. If I'm not spitting on my back on some flat yeah. cardboard yeah. on a street corner, repping. What's he repping? It's up to you. Whatever. <laughs> I leave the repping up to you. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you decide what he's repping. It's fine. <laughs> what am I repping? You decide. Yep. <laughs> that's, yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's just classic Lauren stuff there. Uh, pocket so, full of fat caps. Pocket full of fat caps. Yeah. 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 That's Lauren. 
That's me. Jenny, what'd you think of this one? Uh, I thought it was all right. It, it definitely probably had the most catchy chorus. Like I, I'm not actually sure in terms of what was released as a single, if anything, I mean, I'm sure there were singles. I don't know what they were. Um, but yeah, this, uh, to me, this felt like a little bit more on the poppy side. Uh, maybe not my favorite song on the record, but I don't know. It was all right. I looked it up. The first single from this album was Empower. The second single was Pocket Full of Fat Caps. There we go. So somebody was thinking, because if, if I'm over there at Mercury, Johnny Mercury, running the label, and they're like, listen, we want to move some downset units. What's the single going to be? I'd be like, you... I'm down on the street watching these B-boys spinning around in their backs. They want to hear pocket full of fat caps. That's what they want to hear. And if you don't listen to me, all I'm going to say to you is, what, am I speaking a dead language over here? Come on. Am I speaking a dead language? Don't get get Johnny Mercury going again. Don't get him going. Yeah, you'll get mercury poisoning. That's what they call it when you make him mad. (laughs) So just just know that. Just know that. Uh, yeah, this was my favorite song on the album. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. that's good. Everybody can have a favorite. Um, <laughs> wow, that sounded so <laughs> shitty. I'm wow. sorry. Oh, wow. You right over there, Jenny. Oh man, hold on. I uh, I gotta go. I gotta do some uh, some therapy tagging right now. Oh boy, man. You Work know, out some I feelings. Was, I was telling you both earlier that I being in my house for so long and only talking to Mitch and our dog and our other various pets. Like I have forgotten how to speak. And sometimes I say things and it just comes out just mean. I didn't mean that to sound so mean. I'm sorry. (laughs) I guess we can all have our favorites. There it is. Uh, All right. (laughs) All right. The next (laughs) track is uh, Sangre de Mis Manos. one gonna be trouble this one's this one's getting the pit riled it's getting the pit riled up matt i felt like this one get the pit partying baby (sighs) i don't know i i guess you know what once again i'm just a b-boy i'm looking at that pit i'm seeing danger matt 
you're straight hardcore throw some bows you know we're just from different worlds i think is what i'm different saying worlds, you know? baby. we're different worlds mm-hmm. man we're just making this work you know and jenny you're a little bit of both of us you know you're a little bit b-boy but you're also <laughs> a little bit a little bit hardcore you know yeah, yeah. and inside of me everything is fighting so much that i'm just <laughs> probably standing still and nodding for fear of this this inner this inner fighting that's going on just uh you never know i'm like oh mm-hmm. geez do i want to go spin around in a circle and tag or do i want to elbow people and stuff like that it's tough read my journal sometime you'll see mm-hmm. what'd you think of this song uh i liked it a lot I had no idea what it was about. Um, looks like somebody on songmeanings.com helped us out with a little bit of a translation, uh, which I appreciated. Liked it even more after I read the translation. Um, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a fun song. I enjoyed it quite a bit. What did you think? Yeah, I uh, definitely once I got these uh, the translation in front of me. When it seems this song is. Uh, uh, a bit of a screed against uh against sexism and racism two isms that are no good putting it right out there and uh yeah i thought it was a i thought it was a pretty good ripper um but like i said though for me a young b-boy i would not go near that pit but if you're a hardcore boy this is your siren call matt tell us what you think as you head to the pit as i wade through the sea of bodies to get into that pit we're having a good time this song hits all the right notes for me i like this one all right here we go jenny up next we've got horrifying Fire! Ah! 
fucking down sets here, and they ain't <laughs> fucking around. They are not fucking around. I feel like if you went up to if you went up to them and said, um, "Hey, how you doing? So how you doing, down set? Um, I'm a I'm a big fan, but you guys are um, it's a it's a little on the nose sometimes, don't you think? And they'd be like, subtext is for cowards. Yeah. It is all text. All text. I wrote in my notes that this is the facts section. <laughs> and I was like listening to this in my car and this part came up and I was like, oh, we're getting, oh, okay. We're getting some facts now. We're getting some facts to back up the aggression. And then him saying horrifying, I was just like, wow. These guys, 100% or nothing. If they're not given 100%, they're either asleep or they're dead. And if you're not listening, that's your fault. Because they're all they're saying is, we speak in a dead language over here. We're saying it. You paying attention? We speak in a dead language. Huh? Is this language dead? Huh? Yeah. The brick wall's getting higher. <laughs> Quietly just placing the bricks. The soup smells great. Oh, yeah. Fragrant. The stock, you can freeze it forever. And just reuse it whenever you need to. Uh, Jenny, what'd you think of horrifying? Um, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, the the fact section. Um, I thought was I was like, oh, we're doing some math here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I liked it. I feel like I don't know if subtext would work with this band. I think that the music is exactly straight ahead exactly what it is i think the lyrics are exactly what they are i think that this is like a well so far i think this is like a no frill zone they're just like here's what it is that's it face value there you go that's all um and i appreciate that i feel like i know who this band is uh oh yeah so i have no i have no misconceptions here i know who downset is 100 percent so I, I I liked it. I liked it. Yay. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Up next, we've got uh, Sickness Reprise. It's coming back. It's a slow build. Yeah. Basically as advertised. Just a bit more of sickness. Should I just go forward to the next song? Yeah, I mean, it's basically just more of sickness. I didn't have anything else to add. Jenny, did you? Nope. Uh, And then up next, we've got Permanent Days Unmoving. These days are permanent. They are unmoving. This minute is hard, <laughs> and it walks an unfit, honest mile alone. The truth laid out to weigh, rest well, and die cold. I know the method, lips drawn wide to turn and sway, to smile behind the biting tongue. Each of us danced well in lies, the hand, the handle, and the sword. Lies. 
are those of us who will embrace lies. Okay. Yeah, you got it. Um, it's so uh, this is the spoken word track. Yes, um, I wrote in my notes that it's like poems or scripture set to music. I would say the one part where things are a little more oblique, a little less um, clearly defined, because it is more poetic. Uh, and you know what? Uh, I think I was thinking, were these guys going to give us a slow boy, like a true slow boy? And it seemed. Like, this sort of makes sense for them. Like, if they're going to do one, it's going to be something like this as opposed to just, like, a slow ballad. It's going to be more like, yeah, we're going to read some poems over, um, I wouldn't say stately piano, but uh, piano. Uh, so, I mean, at a certain point, you, you, when you're listening to this album, you kind of do need a breather. So this does come at the right time. Jenny, thoughts? Yeah, I... it definitely took me by surprise i will say um it was interesting it was fine i guess yeah it was like as much of a slow boy it's like an acceptable slow boy uh, on this record i suppose um but yeah i was like oh okay we're doing this i kept waiting for the drop the whole time like where's the drop oh, yeah. where's the drop and the drop didn't come so uh that's okay so uh, this is a point in the album where what we see on streaming is going to be a little bit different than what we have on the record itself. So uh, this next song on the record itself uh, would be the last track and a hidden track. On streaming, they've done us the, uh, the, the good fortune or good favor or something of uh, splitting up as they often do splitting out the bonus track for us. So um, if anybody wants to ask me anything, I before... am dying to <laughs> ask you a question. I'm chomping at the bit. What's your question? How respectful of our time is this album? Uh, this album comes in at 48 minutes and 37 seconds. So it's pretty dang respectful of our time. And I think that's with four minutes of blank space between the uh, hidden tracks because I have 44, 43 on Spotify. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead. So this uh, this track is officially called Ashes in Hand. Let's go ahead and listen to that. And then we will, uh, after we discuss it, hop over to the hidden track. We will never truly comprehend The ultimate act of sharing is the 
You always, you always got to have the twist ending, you know, where you're going along and you're like, yeah, I get it, man. We got to be anti-racism and down with sexism and we've got to love ourselves and all that. And, you know, you're working in your spirituality. That's great. It's perfect. And then this song starts and I went, that guy just say sex kills? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, oh, he, oh, he said it again. Oh, he's saying it a whole bunch. Oh, well, is this about, uh, is this about like, uh, protecting yourself? It's the nineties. Uh, we're talking about protecting ourselves from STDs or from HIV. Like, what are we talking about here? And, uh, digging into these lyrics, uh, we're just talking about straight up sex in general. Don't do it. Don't do it. I, it seems to be a don't do it for the wrong reasons song i the vibe i get from these lyrics is straight up don't do it don't do it at all get out of there i don't know because i've got the ultimate act of sharing is reduced to the ultimate act of taking yeah it feels it feels much more like a hey bros what are you trying to do when you have sex you're Mm. killing innocence Mm. I see. Well, I mean, the, we do have the line, do my eyes betray what I feel and see? Exploitation leads to the abandoned seed. The abandoned seed, let me tell you. Or as some people might call that, the little guys. <laughs> the little guys. The little guys. <laughs> Once those little guys got out there. Oh, boy. Don't abandon your little the guys. Saint, the saint that ghost wrote that book. God bless her. Uh, <laughs> May she sleep well tonight and every other night. <laughs> uh, On her Jenny. pillow of money. <laughs> uh, Jenny, we'll start with you. What did you think of Ashes in Hand? Uh, I was a little surprised to hear this take. I wondered if it had to do with the AIDS epidemic. Um, Nineteen. I like looked into it because I was trying to like get a sense of the time. 1996 is the first year that uh, the like case, the number of cases, like the number of cases diagnosed declined since the epidemic began. So like, it's still pretty like prevalent and something that is like a huge fucking deal and something that is like of a lot of concern. I don't know that that's what the song is actually about. But I don't know. I could not get past trying to figure out where this was coming from to like know if I really enjoyed the song or not, to be totally honest with you. That hearing sex kills, sex is a weapon, uh, maybe not entirely wrong in some cases, but I I don't know. It was a lot. (laughs) It was a lot, I will say. Matt, what'd you think? Yeah, I'm. 
I respect the band for going there. It is a tough topic that I think they are broaching in a way that will close a lot of people down before they really get there. Like, if this was a straight consent song, it would make a, it would probably be a lot clearer. You know, if it was about like no means no, then it would have been very laser focused in. But instead, it's very, what's the word I'm looking for? It's very cerebral. It's basically saying like, because you think sex is going to fill a hole in your life, you're not thinking about the life that you're with, the person that you're with, and the life that you could create together. And if you're doing all that, then it's killing the relationship that you have with this person. And if you're not there, it's killing the per- I mean, that's a lot. That's a tough road to hoe. That is a lot to say in a few minute song. I mean, good on you for trying, but I don't know. They didn't miss the runway, but that wasn't a, they didn't stick the landing either. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. It's, yeah, I mean, I mean, more than anything else, starting with sex kills, whatever sort of nuance or subtlety or detail you might put in those verses kind of gets overtaken by screaming sex kills because then it's that takes over everything else so i was i was very surprised that this was how they decided to like officially close the album so but hey yeah you remember it (laughs) i will never fucking forget this (laughs) all right there is uh the the hidden track remains um so on streaming you will see that entitled in memory of All right. just an instrumental moody boy and in the liner notes it says the track 16 is in memory of and then it lists off the following people that it is in memory of and i will read that now aaron seth anderson oh i'm sorry aaron seth anderson skate one cbsf ronnie campos ruth and melvin marion connor daryl tiny Wooly, joseph l and helen lee martin schweiger and edward e morris in memory of them uh which you know what makes sense it was uh when this came on i was kind of like are we about to get hit with a drop they gonna fit one more ripper in there or we're just gonna kind of go out and i kind of like that we just kind of went out on like a moody instrumental so i had no problem with that uh liner notes other things of note in the thank yous ari's thanks his sensei antonio monday 
I believe is what I wrote here. I can't read my own handwriting, apparently. And Chris thanks all his weed-loving sidekicks, and then he names them. And tell me how many of these guys sound like they're weed-loving sidekicks. Nate Dog, Downer, Lefty, Chino, David, A-Dog, Send, Evil, Bernie, not spelled the way you would spell it, Freddy, Silent, Veneno, Tragic, George, Guard, Robert, Psycho, Beam, Nada, Mike, Lil David, and Bundy. Wow. <laughs> Checks all the way down. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and then they thank um, they na- they thank a bunch of bands that they have toured with and have supported them throughout their career. Biohazard, Dog Eat Dog, Pantera, Focused, Strife, Madball, Charcoal, Consume, Overcome, Sepultura, Shootsy Groove. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Shootsy Groove, Dub War, Such a Surge, Snapcase, Shelter, H2O, Machine Head, Slayer, Manhole, The Almighty, Snot. Hate, fa- hate Face, ball a- Ballast, Tribe of Gypsies, Lit, The Mighty Mighty Boston's, Armor, Armor Guardian, Amorja Guardian. Am I saying that right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yep. I'm going to skip that one. 311, Chokehold, and then they, they thank Ballast again. So this didn't get proved. Lamb's Bread, HWP. That's the album. All right. And now it's time for Canon Talk. I will I will start. Um, you know, this sounds like an album that is kind of like we said, sort of evoking an older era while the changing of the guard is occurring, so it's right in the middle. Um I will say that without the lyrics in front of me on my first two listens, it did start to feel a little samey as it went along. Um, and I got overall more of a Papa vibe than necessarily a new metal vibe. So I wouldn't put it in the canon, but I would definitely think that it deserves the Papa label, especially uh, on the one song uh, where we thought it was going to turn into Last Resort. Sickness. Uh, sickness. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And sickness. Um and uh, also, much respect to Pocketful of Fat Caps, my b-boy anthem. <laughs> Jenny. Uh, yeah, I agree with you uh, as far as this being more of a papa than anything else. Um, that said, I really liked this record. I really liked listening to it. I It was really refreshing to listen to something that had like a very clear point of view, even if I didn't always agree with it. Um but just, I don't know. We don't often hear something that I think somebody comes by so honestly and just articulates themselves very clearly. And again, there's it's all text here, but it doesn't feel dumb in the way that all text often feels when we hear it here. So I don't know. I really liked it. Uh, I enjoyed listening to it. I'm really glad to be introduced to this band and this record. Um but yeah, I agree that outside of sickness, like you start to hear some of the the things that will become very prevalent later. But I, I would definitely say this is a papa. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I would put it in the canon. But I liked it so much. Matt, what do you think? Um, great listen. Definitely makes sense why they went to Epitaph. 
especially in the uh, second half of the record. Um, I say strong Papa. Strong, strong, strong Papa. I don't think it's new metal canon. Um, so I'm just going to echo what you all have already said. Strange, though, there was a point where I was kind of like, maybe cut one or two songs? I agree. Make it a little bit tighter. It just seems to meander a little bit towards the back half the front half is so aggressive that i almost would have been like just do 10 fucking punch in the face songs and get out of there then you know make it 30 minutes i have i have never have a problem with like 10 rippers 30 minutes you can take my money like i'm in well if you're cutting anything Ashes and hands gotta go. Ashes, <laughs> ashes and hands gotta go. Um, I'd cut the sickness reprise. You don't need that. Um, nope. You could cut the poem song, permanent days unmoving. Um, I mean that that right there gets you to twelve songs. Um, so that would have the album ending with horrifying. I think that's a strong closer. That actually. Ooh. There we go. Yeah, because you end with all those statistics. So there you go. Look at us, a couple of a trio of Johnny Mercury's over here. (laughs) Sure, old Johnny Mercury. Johnny Mercury's. Oh man. All right. Well, there you have it. Another Papa. Another proud Papa for the new metal canon. Thank you so much for listening. That's the show. Keep on saying hello online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your recs. Send us your thoughts. Send us whatever you want to send us. We're here to hear it. Uh, And uh, until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. was the age that set me off with the grab style? Was that for the gang bang? Was hype with the juvenile rap? Rap, my mind was led to expression and thought. Seventh and hill, 